oh God, in conjunction with this, for this community, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Has this been a crazy couple of years? Uh, I've, I have to go back a long ways to think about a time and an era when there was such a, a feistiness even in our nation. I mean, for me, I have to go back to like the Vietnam era when there are just people like this, you know, all the time. And uh, between COVID and, and everything else that happens and elections and everything else, people are testy. Um, people are spoiling for a fight. I mean, uh, and that's Christians. And I, I mean, I, I, the other day I saw something on Facebook. There were two people that got into it. Have you ever seen that happen? They got into it. And because one was getting vaccinated and the other wasn't, they were accusing the other of not being a Christian. Now, you know, we have to learn how to agree to disagree, maybe, huh, about some things. We have to decide what the most important priority is in our lives. And, and uh, instead of just being so preoccupied with pointing fingers at one another and finding what's wrong with one another and just letting God move with us to be who he wants us to be. So I, I've, been so, I've been so aware of that over these last couple of years. I just I shake my head thinking, what is, what is with us? You know, that we, we go down this road of contentiousness. And what it has done is caused me to become more sensitized than ever before of the imperative for us that we would allow our hearts to be saturated with thankfulness. We need to have our hearts in the right place. We need to be giving thanks for what the Lord has done, for what the Lord is doing in us. And and I, I think never before in my lifetime have I realized it's more important for us to be so intentional about that. This has a very personal, emotional connection for me. Many years ago, another lifetime ago, when I, was, when I was 24 years of age, I was executive vice president of a Bible college, and at 29 I became president. God gave us great favor. We had, uh, we had uh, a number of wonderful students. We, had, uh, we achieved our accreditation during that time. Uh, we uh, were able to get uh, government grants for our students, and it was a, it was a wonderful time. And, and the Lord gave favor. However, I was still 24 and I was still 29 during that era. And there was a lot of responsibility in my shoulders. And uh, I was very, very committed. And um, so uh, I worked very hard to raise funds. As you know, a small college, it was just major work just to keep afloat. Uh, you know, just, just every day was a challenge and a test. And I was so aware that in churches there were... Um, little ladies, grandmothers on fixed incomes who were supporting the work of that ministry, and, and I wanted to be a good steward of that. So when we had arrived there, there was a tradition uh, before we arrived there, students, uh, the seniors would have like a skip day. That's not an uncommon thing where, you know, seniors just sort of take off one day and have fun, go together somewhere. Well, somewhere in the last few years before that, before we arrived, somehow this had been slightly contorted, and it had become a little bit of a senior's mini vandalism day before they left. And so now, you know, looking back now, I'm a little more laid back. Now I've got a little more gray hair, so I'm not quite as bent out of shape as I was at the time, though. And uh, so it wasn't bad, bad things they were doing, but, you know, it was things like uh, Vaseline on, on, on doorknobs and peanut butter on screens and, and, you know, stuff like that. And rather juvenile, it struck me, uh, you know, uh, to tell you the truth. And um, so uh, we came to the, to the campus one morning, 
And we didn't know when this would be taking place and didn't know they'd be doing this kind of thing. Barbara and I show up on the campus on this morning, and sure enough, they're gone, and I begin looking around. And I see the stuff. I see things that have been adorned with things that should not be there. I see the, uh, the Vaseline. I see the peanut butter. And I realize somebody's going to have to clean all of this up. I was not amused. Can I just say that? That's an understatement. I was not amused. In fact, I was steamed. I was seeing red. I walked inside the door and I looked around and I saw more things like that. And I was just, I was incensed that anybody who would supposedly be mature enough at that point of life to be able to do something this juvenile, I was just ready to lop heads if I could, you know. And, and so I was doing this boil and there was this, uh, there was one of the students, an um, underclassman who was standing across the way there. He'd been waiting for me to come in. He wanted to enjoy the moment. And so he, he was studying me. So he walked in and he saw me looking around. He saw the look in my eyes. He saw the smoke coming out of my ears. And he came walking up over to me. He was shorter than I. probably stood about like this to me. And, and came up and went like this. He said, Good morning, Brother Bach. His voice dripping with a teasing sort of spirit and attitude. You know, he was, he was enjoying the moment at my expense. And so it was a little bit of a provocative sort of thing. Good morning, Brother Bach. And I allowed him to play me. I looked back at him and my eyes were firing my eyes as I looked back in his eyes. And before I knew it, I heard these words snap out of my mouth. What's good about it? And the moment I said those words, I felt an arrow from the Spirit. Oh, what did I just say? I looked into his eyes and I saw the surprise and the disappointment, the shock. I knew he looked back in my eyes and saw the embarrassment and the shame of what I had just done and what I had just said. This is a guy who'd stand up in chapel and quote from the verse saying, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be glad in it. What's good about it? What hypocrisy. I, I didn't know what to say. I was so embarrassed. I had I had I'd hurt the Holy Spirit. I just turned around and wheeled and I walked away from him. I walked up the stairs up to where my office was. I closed the door to my office. I put my head down on my hands and my arms and I began to weep. And I wept. And I wept. And I repented before God. God, forgive me. This is the day you have made. This is a gift from you this very day. And I'm going to allow something like that to make me pop off and make such a stupid, ridiculous, offensive statement and ask what's good about today. I stand here. I'm a hypocrite, oh God. Forgive me, oh Lord, of that. I had, that was, my office became an altar of repentance that day. And I vowed before the Lord, Lord, I will never, ever, ever again 
let those words ever cross my lips in my life. As long as I live, I will never say that again. Well, I still had the issue of this student. I knew where he worked, so I sought him out that afternoon at his job. I went to him and said, Rich, I just feel terrible. I said something today. I grieved the Holy Spirit today. And I know I hurt you. I've had to ask the Lord to forgive me, and I know he has, but I need to ask you too. Will you forgive me as well? And he graciously did. God was so good. God was so faithful. What is good about today? I realize that how we respond to life reveals who we really are. It isn't what you say when you're standing up here under the best of the conditions, saying, this is the day the Lord has made. It's when the worst times come. Your worst moments. That reveals who we really are. That's the us. I didn't pass that day, greatly convicted by that, by the Holy Spirit. And, and it's led me to this, it started me in a course in life, which I'd say has been intensified over the last several weeks when some of my dearest friends and associates have died. And I realize every day is a gift from the Lord. This truly is a gift from the Lord this very day. And I want to live with my heart full of gratitude, be gratitude in my heart, be filled with gratitude in my heart. So that's the whole essence of what I want to share with you this morning about I choose to be thankful. It is a choice that we make. Amen? I choose to be thankful. And that means having an attitude of gratitude. To be thankful means expressing gratitude. Let's pray before we get into this anymore this morning. Father, I just feel so stirred by you today as I have to share it confessionally. Oh, what you have done in my own life. And my heart is indeed filled with thanksgiving this morning, oh God. I don't know what the path is for each person in this place today, but we all have our paths. We all have our challenges. We all have our tests. And I pray, oh God, there be something today that you, Holy Spirit, would use that would draw us close to you, that our hearts would be filled with what needs to be there instead of what sometimes is there with thanksgiving for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The word is full of so many passages of Scripture that we could draw from, but I think this is a great one right here. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Begs the question, what circumstances? All. In all circumstances. And why? Why are we to do that? It's God's will. Now sometimes people say, I don't really know what God's will is for me. Well, let's start right there. Huh? We think about God's will. I need to know what I'm going to do with my life, etc., etc. God said, I got something basic to begin with. Let me let you know what my will is right now to begin with. You need to be thankful at all times, in all situations, and in all things. And as challenging as it may be, that's where we learn to appropriate the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives by walking out the word as he promises that to us. Now, I've come to realize also in life that sometimes in order to understand something, it helps me to understand or identify what it is not. Okay? So if we talk about what thankfulness is, first of all, thankfulness is not something that is sent from or provided by God. I want to say that again. 
Thankfulness is not something that is sent from or provided by God. I cannot personally find a scripture verse that says that God makes us thankful. Oh, listen, it's full of all kinds of verses. God loves us. He saves, heals, fills, restores, teaches, provides, blesses, disciplines, touches, grants wisdom. He does all of those things. He even says he makes me glad because of what he does. But it doesn't say, and God shall make you thankful. Because you see, thankfulness is our responsibility. God does everything else. Our response to him is to be thankful. To say, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in my life. We choose to be thankful. There is no gift of thankfulness. Now, if you have a verse that says otherwise, I am a learner, I'm willing to learn, you let me know where it is and help me find that, okay? But everything that I see says God tells us everything else, how we're to be in life, and he, what he will do for us, but that our response, our responsibility is to fill our hearts with thanksgiving as we focus on what God has done, is doing, and by faith will be doing in our lives. So some basic things about choosing to be thankful. No one can force you to be thankful. There is just no way. You can't do it. No one can force you to be thankful. Likewise, no one can make you not be thankful. Those are powerful truths. Thankfulness is an act of faithfulness to God's word. Choosing to be thankful is our privilege and our responsibility. So here's another verse, great verse in Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What things? Here we go again, class. <laughs> That's right. And give thanks for everything. Wait a minute. I don't want to give thanks for everything. Yes, give thanks for everything because we don't understand everything God is doing. Amen? Either we believe and we trust in Him or we don't. If we trust in him, we can say, Lord, in my darkest hour of need, in the things that I do not understand, I believe in you, I trust in you, I will give thanks for what you're doing in me through this kind of episode that I'm walking through. Maybe some of you have read Corey Ten, Boom, Ten Boom, Boom's book, can't say it, Corey Ten Boom's book, The Hiding Place. I think it's about in the fifth or sixth printing by, by now. It went way back to the 70s, I think. Corey Ten Boom and her sister were imprisoned in the Ravensbrück concentration camp in World War II. And it was a horrendous women's camp. If you've read the story, you know there's a tremendous story about Corey, how they were assigned a barracks that was infested with fleas. It was absolutely overrun with fleas. And Corey's sister suggested to her, saying, Corey, maybe we should thank God for the fleas. Right. And Corey said she was ticked off at her sister. You know, I know what the word says, but I'm not doing this. I do not feel like giving thanks to God for the fleas. You know. Her sister later died, and Corey was able to make it out of life from that camp. But Corey pointed out, but over time they became aware, that because that barracks was infested with fleas, the guards stayed away from the barracks. Folks, the guards had routinely assaulted the women inmates in there 
but not in that barracks because they wanted to stay away from the fleas. And Cora realized, my sis was up to something on this. <laughs> fleas looked pretty good at that point compared to what might have been for them. So the guards stayed away, afraid to enter the barracks. Not only that, they were then able to conduct their own Bible studies without interference. They had freedom to do so. God worked through even the ugliest situation. And they had to come to appreciate, Corey did, to give thanks for that. Well, let's talk a little bit about what giving thanks does. Now, in the natural, there are some things that we've learned. Harvard Medical School study said, they did this study. But one group, it broke these people into two groups. And one group wrote about things that they were grateful for that had occurred that week. Focus on what you have to be thankful for, in other words. A second group wrote about daily irritations or the things that displeased them. Probably had a hard time coming up with that list, but you know. And then the third group wrote about events that had affected them that were just kind of neutral didn't really have much impact on the positive or the negative. Ten weeks, they did this. After ten weeks, and this is a Harvard Medical School study, after ten weeks they discovered those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic, felt better about their lives, and surprisingly, they also exercised more. There's a word of conviction for everyone. They, they also exercised more and had fewer visits to physicians than those who focused on sources of aggravation. So you see, thankfulness is like a spiritual vitamin. Thankfulness produces more thankfulness. Do you understand that? Thankfulness produces more thankfulness. The more you allow your heart to be filled with thankfulness, it's just like it has yeast in it. It just keeps popping. More is, there's a multiplication factor that takes place. Thankfulness transforms your outlook and your relationships. So thankfulness has a powerful impact beyond what we may realize when we're first just venturing into it. Look again at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will, is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. It's not just a good idea. It's good for us, and it pleases the Lord. So how do we do these things? I'm going to get really practical this morning. I've got five steps for you, okay? Five things that you can do that I think will help transform you and transform me into thankful people. And this is like um, deposits in a thankful bank that we're going to talk about this morning. How to be thankful in all circumstances. Number one, choose to thank God for his grace and his salvation, Okay? There are lots of stuff you have to sort through what I'm thankful for and things after. Grace and salvation is a mighty good place to start. He loved me that much. Jesus loved me that much to lay down his life for me. I don't care what else goes on in life. What else may not turn out the way I want to. The fact that I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life and that God loves me this much, I've got a lot to be thankful for this day. Amen? This is the day that I do have to be thankful. So as it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, thanks be to God for his what? His indescribable gift, meaning it transcends what we can describe with our words. The realization of what Jesus has done for us in transforming our lives transcends our ability to explain it. It's that, it's that significant in our lives. So choose to thank God for 
for his grace and his salvation. Second, choose to thank God for what you have instead of focusing on what you do not have. This is thankfulness 101 right now, okay? I mean, you and I have a choice. Do you want to look at a half empty or the half full of glass of water, you know, that old, that old uh, 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 illustration? Uh, how do you view that glass? We have a choice every day. What am I going to focus on? Am I, am I going to focus on what I do not have and what I'm not happy about and what has not happened? Or am I going to start identifying and thanking the Lord for this? You've done this for me. You've done this for me. You're doing this for me. By faith, I know you're doing this for me. Am I going to focus in that way? It will transform our lives. It will transform our lives. If you are stuck in the mud where today all you're dwelling on is well, this went wrong, and then this person did this to me, and I'm fed up because of that, and here's another thing that's never been right, here's another way I've been wrong. If you're going to live in that mud, that's where you will dwell, in the mud. That's blunt talk, but that's truth. You will dwell in the mud, and you'll feel muddy yourself then, because it will corrupt your soul. It will corrupt your heart, and it will totally erode any sense of thanksgiving in you then. Every person walking on earth today can choose to list those things that they find most uncomely, those things that are most frustrating, those things that are irritating, maybe disgusting and unfair and, in, and unjust. And this isn't to minimize those. But where will our focus be? Choose to thank God for what you have instead of focusing on what you do not have. And three, Choose to thank God, excuse me, uh, 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 move on, move back rather. Philippians chapter 4, I, I forgot a verse I want to share with you because this keys in on choosing to thank God for what you have. Philippians chapter 4 verse 12, I love Philippians. What a powerful chapter. Paul wrote this, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want. He'd learned the secret of giving thanks to the Lord. God's not done with me yet. I've got a lot of work to do in this area, but I tell you what, I'm committed to this. It's never before in my life. Third, choose to thank God for all the people in your life. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say all the people, <laughs> but, but choose to thank God for the people he's brought into your life. God has blessed you with people. There are people who care about you. Amen. There are people who love you. They are gifts from the Lord. Look at Acts 28, 15. It says, and at the sight of these men, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. Just by the sight of some people, he got that little lift in his spirit. His heart was filled with thanksgiving because of other people in his life. I trust that's what happens in a church. Yes. Right here in this body. I trust that's what happens on a Sunday morning. You come in and I, you see this one, that one. and It's good to be together again, amen? I am encouraged today just being with you is what you're thinking. We're walking out this life together. We're supporting one another. We're praying for one another. There is that encouragement in that, and that's a part of growing in our thankfulness in all circumstances. Fourth, choose to thank God, yes, in the difficult places. 
you remember Daniel, who was thrown into the lion's den. Things were not looking good for Daniel in the lion's den. And he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God. And look at that, just as he had done before. In other words, just as he had done when he's not facing lions, when things are looking good, things are cool, it's easy then to pray, you know. Just as he did then, he did it at his greatest time of need. Choose to thank God in the difficult places. And then fifth, choose to thank God for his presence and his power in your life. It's a choice that we make, isn't it, every day? I will choose to be aware of his presence. I can become so preoccupied with myself and my agenda that I don't even realize God's around. I'm reminded of the time when, if you remember, uh, young Jacob, who had defrauded his brother out of the blessing, and he'd gone to flee to his uncle Laban's house. And on the way there, he had this dream, if you recall this, and he saw this dream or this vision of angels ascending, descending on a ladder, and, and Jacob became so aware of God's presence. He'd grown up in a home where it's kind of like he took it for granted. That's my parents' God kind of thing, you know. And the word says that when he woke up from that, he said these words. Maybe not, I think he said that. But The Lord was in this place, and I did not know it. He wasn't aware. God is always around us at all times. It's incumbent upon us to make ourselves aware, to practice an awareness of God, and we become more aware of Him, the more aware we become even more that God is with us every day, walking through every season, every difficulty, that God is there accompanying us. Practice being aware of and thankful for his presence. Matthew 28 says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Surely I am with, with you always to the very end of the age. Look at Colossians 3.15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. And what? And always be thankful one leads to and contributes to the other. Would you bow your heads with me, please? I think we have an opportunity to practice today, choosing to be thankful. And I just trust that something that I've shared here with this morning, this short time that I've taken, has maybe just resonated with you in some way. I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know what situations you're dealing with. I'm going to pray, though, for the Lord to respond and answer each of those needs that you have in your life. Before I pray, I'm just going to ask as your heads are bowed, I, I just want to have a sense of feeling for praying here today. If you would just say, you know, Brother Randall, just remember me in prayer today because I realize I need to refocus I need to refocus. I've allowed the stuff of my life to fill me so full that maybe I haven't been aware enough to be thankful as I should be of what the Lord's done for me. If that's you, would you just sort of either give me a wave or look at me or something? So I thank you.
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your candor and your honesty. Thank you. Thank you. Let's just go before him. Lord, we come to you today. My heart is moved. I have to again ask you for forgiveness because I think of how I get so busy, even working for you. I can be so busy, so preoccupied with my things, my list, my to-dos that you're right there with me and I don't even notice you maybe. And how can I be thankful for you if I'm not aware of you being around? So I pray for your forgiveness, Lord, for me. And I pray for those right now who are asking for your forgiveness also. Thank you, Lord, for your everlasting love. Thank you, Lord, for your grace in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us and what you're doing that we're not even able to see right now. How you're continually working on our behalf. We thank you for that. We pray for your forgiveness when we have been preoccupied looking in other directions instead of looking at you. If there are some here today, Lord, who uh, would realize that they're not where they need to be with you. They haven't been thanking you because they don't even feel that connection with you like they need to. You, instead of feeling close, feel a little distant. It's not because you've made yourself distant. Lord, will you reach out and grab hold of them today? Holy Spirit, I pray you hold them close to you. Holy Spirit, may they feel the warmth of your love, I pray. There are probably people here today who are hurting in some way. They've experienced some pain. They've been the victims of something. been things that they don't feel like they should have to deal with, but they are. I pray for the healing balm of the Holy Spirit to flow over their lives, Lord. And that, Lord, as they become aware of that, they'll be able to return thanks to you, O oh God. We pray that our lives would be glorifying to you. We have but a short period of life. I'm so keenly aware of that as I think about loved ones recently who have departed and gone to be with you. We only have a short season of life right here. We want to make it count. We want to be glorifying to you in all that we do and all that we think and all that we say and how we live our lives. Speak to us, Lord. Guide us, I pray. Convict us where we need to be convicted. Love us as you continually do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Church, we have so much that we should be thankful for. You know, even this week, um, as I was overwhelmed with um, so many thoughts and emotions, and, and I'm thankful for each one of you, even as Randall quoted that verse of, uh, you know, Paul being thankful for those that are um, present, those that are around him. Um, 
I, I've had so many of you all reach out to me to check on me. And in an unusual situation, I was a man of few words. Um, because more words just meant um, that many of those emotions came to the surface. And then it made it difficult to talk. I'm not, a, I'm not one of those people that is gifted to cry and talk at the same time. Normally, once I start crying, the talking's done. And uh, so, uh, but you've been present. And so I've been so thankful for each one of you and the messages that you've sent and the encouragement. Um, and that's why this song that's playing right now has been so powerful for me. Because the only thing that I could do many times this week is just keep playing this song and um, it it just spoke to every thought and emotion that was present in my life this week and uh, many times when I was sitting at my mom's bedside I just played this song just I just let this song kept going on and on because if there was anything, even though her mind was fading at the last couple weeks and she was disconnecting from the present, the one thing I wanted her to have on her mind was Jesus. Just to speak his name. You know, that's the most important thing that we could ever do is to speak the name of Jesus in our most difficult moments. So, um, Randall, that was a great word. Thank you. Um, a very needed, very timely word. So, uh, I pray that, that that thought process carries with you throughout this day and uh, uh, this week. And, and I pray you never have a moment, as, as Randall shared, and I know, unfortunately, I've had too many of those as well, and they always bring me to a place of repentance, and uh, because I know, I know that feeling when you grieve the heart of God, and that is, uh, that's a difficult moment in life, so praise God. Thank you all. Fred, it is so good to see you out again in church. God bless you, my brother. I know it's a weight loss program no one ever wants to go on. Um, but but uh, yeah. Yes. Amen, brother. We are so glad to have you present and, and uh and and we know if Lord would have taken you home, um, there would have been rejoicing in heaven. Um, but we're glad you're here. Let me just tell you that. So uh, I stood in prayer with your uh, wife and family many times, just um, just proclaiming that you shall live and not die.
Amen. Well, I should have waited until after I was done. Let Fred, you, you know, I told you I don't do well talking and crying at the same time. So, God bless you, my brother. All right, before I say anything else that gets me in trouble, I'm just going to, I'm going to welcome our ushers to have them come. And uh, praise God. It is a glorious time to be in the house of God. And uh, I am so thankful for your faithfulness, even as we had our annual business meeting last week, and, and we were able to share just the amazing year we had last year. Uh, you know, God brought in more finances last year um, than we've seen in, in, you know, in much of the church's history. And, and even in the midst of that, we put new doors throughout the whole church, uh, had to replace an AC unit. You know, we had, you know, some $20,000 worth of unplanned on expenses. Have any of you ever had an unplanned expense in your house? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, God has a way of coming through. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that. And, and he provided because of you and your faithfulness. You know, that money didn't just, I mean, like God could have sent us down all down to the river to pull, you know, some coins out of a few fish. Um, but what he did was he, he moved you and you gave. And, uh, and your faithfulness provided. And we were able to, to do some needed things. And, and because of that, we also are in a good place moving into this year with some of the ministry plans we have coming up with our outreach to Sackett Wright uh, Park for the soccer games that are coming up starting in just a little over a month. Um, I know it's hard to believe because you're still seeing snow out there, but but let me just tell you, living in South Dakota 15 years, they had snow every soccer season. Um, so they just, you just, that ball is like a rock though, let me just tell you when it gets that cold. Um, but they still got there and played. So I, this is nothing, you know, we can do it. But we're going to need you to, you know, come and be ready. And the sign-up sheet is on the um, table out there. And so we just need you to start signing up so that we can, as we get our planning committee going, um, you're part of it if that's what you want to do. Um, remember, start buying the water. Um, I am estimating we're probably going to need for just the, you know, we're, into, we're going to end up probably having four to six weeks worth of this. You know, we could need, you know, two or 3,000 bottles of water to hand out by the time we're done. And so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing when we reach out and do that together as the body. And this is an opportunity for you to get involved. And so we just invite you to do so. Praise God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give, and we thank you for your faithfulness, that as your people walk in obedience to your word, that you multiply those resources, and uh, your church is blessed as a result of it. And the opportunities to minister and to reach people is accomplished, and so we thank you for that. We pray your blessing on this offering, that it would be multiplied to meet the needs of your kingdom. Um, we thank you for it. Meet each need in every individual's life as they walk in obedience. Um, we ask for this in your name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. When the ushers walk by you there, you are dismissed. And um, just thank you for all you're doing. Continue to pray. Um, this funeral is um, Thursday at 2 o'clock. They'll have a viewing from uh, 11 to 2. 
and then the service starts at 2. It is at Preble Memory Gardens, straight down 35. You'll go through um, Drexel, New Lebanon. Um, then you'll come to West Alexandria. You go all the way through it. It's not hard. There's only one light, um, actually two with schools in process. Um, and then the, guard, the cemetery is just about a, a mile on the other side of town um, off on the right. So, all right, God bless you all. You're dismissed.